You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Holy hell, Chuck. Can you give us a minute? Hey everybody, I'm your host with the most, Joe Gazarian, and Jakey, I'm going to miss your candor, brother. I'm going to miss all the the positivity and truthfulness that you brought to the team, but my goodness, are the Flyers spicy lately? That they are. Uh, I'm Matt Arenick, and I believe a wise man once said, sometimes you need to make lateral moves just to get new faces in the room. Must have been a smart guy. (laughs) Yeah, Probably. Uh, I'm Mike Zwissa, and I can't wait to absolutely expose myself as a fraud later in this episode. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm I'm very excited. I'm very excited to to hear what you've got to say. Uh, Before we get into all the kind of fun stuff, uh, all the moves that have been made, free agency, draft, all that kind of stuff, quick word from our sponsor. Matty, you want to take the the reins on this one, brother? Yeah, sure. So you've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night, and it's simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion, with a B, dollars to users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get in on all of the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That is code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings, minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Excellent. Excellent, Matthew. Very nice. Um, Well, guys, I don't want to sound, you know, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but sounded like we were a little excited there in the intros. First time we've been <laughs> excited about this team in a while. Um, could could this really be lining up for us to have a great season? Or are we just kind of we putting on our clown costumes, get ready to have our teeth kicked in once the, we come <laughs> back down to earth? What, what do you guys think? That wasn't on script, but it was <laughs> it was close enough to the actual script. I yeah. love that you, you did your own with it. Uh, wow, yeah. No, I, I, I can't help. But uh, but feel this excitement for this team. Some I guess that's that's what crazy moves do. I guess if nothing else. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's that, been a, it's I been have. a while since. Yeah, it's been a while since we've been tied to every single trade <laughs> rumor. It's like Homer. Yeah, since Homer, I know. And I mean, the difference. I shouldn't say the difference because obviously we'll get into Ristolainen and kind of how that is a point of contention, but. I mean, the Ellis trade no, undoubtedly was a winner for, for everyone. I think that's kind of agreed upon. Um, but obviously we have a, de- a definite new look. That's exactly what we talked about. We talked about the dynamic yeah. being different, and Chuck mentioned those words exactly. He said he knew after the effort that he saw on a night-in, night-in basis uh, that there needed to be changes, and we made those changes, obviously – 
I think the first team that comes to mind to kind of draw parallel to, not to the same extent, is Minnesota from last year. Mm. Minnesota made some kind of weird moves. I didn't really think they made all too much sense, right? They had Eric Stahl get moved for uh, Marcus Johansson, um, who I'm not really sure how he did that season, but I knew Eric Stahl had been good for them. And then what was the other move they made? They made like two, right? Yeah, they, they did a couple weird things. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, I do remember I mean, giving me pause. I was like, "Wait, what is happening?" Them in Montreal. Yeah. I mean, those were the two teams that really, oh, yeah. kind of swung, just swung, swung at Burger everything. Van. I mean, yeah, Burger Van. Yeah, and it was, and I think it was really just for the sake of changing it up. And that's what Chuck said. He said mm-hmm. we couldn't bring back the same team and expect a different result, right? Like you have the same, and he said what he needed to do was not necessarily completely change up the leadership group. Was add more people to mm-hmm. the leadership group he added niskin in which helped drew and couturier and that's what he did again everyone he brought in wore a letter at their for their respective teams um and he brought in additional leaders to kind of change change up what we're going to see on a night-to-night basis so like we said i, I couldn't be more more excited this team is gonna is is very much new um it's not brand new but a lot of this is it's it's new faces um you know, we should kind of let's get into the deals, honestly, that happened for recap for people who've been living under a rock for the last week. In the past two weeks or so, Chuck's shipped out Nolan Patrick. See you. Don't want to be you. Phil Myers, uh, Shane Gossesbear, who I think we're all going to miss a whole bunch of picks. And then on Saturday, he went ahead and traded Jake Voracek for uh, for Cam Atkinson or Cam Gatkinson. Get, get, get. Uh, Ryan, the Crimson Beard Ellis is in town as as Matt said, and, and Rasmus Beast and Mike's favorite, uh, has has shown up in Philadelphia. Um, a lot of moves, a lot of different different names, and Matt, like you said, a lot of people who've, who've worn letters. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this is what this team needed. They they desperately needed a kind of shock to the system, right? Uh, not not saying that you have to lose a limb or anything, but let's listen. It's Chuck Fletcher kind of borrowed Einstein's, you know, theory of insanity, right? Where he's like, you, you can't do the same thing over and over and mm-hmm. expect different results. Um, Claude Drew is still captain, by the way. Uh, yeah. Just to throw that out there. Okay. Good, hot scoop. Hot yeah. scoop, Sam. Um, that was that was hysterical. I, I lost it. Um, but yeah, let's let's go player by player. We're going to break down the trades. Let's talk about the, the Ellis deal just a little bit. We already we already touched on it. Um, Obviously, Nolan Patrick's going the other way. Myers is, is going to stay in Nashville. What did you guys think? Any any other takeaways from that deal um, before we get into the other ones that are a little fresher? I I think it just shocked me still over the weekend, um, and I think I saw this especially once the Ristolainen trade happened. How quickly people forgot who Ryan Ellis was and mm-hmm. is, and like what the Flyers are getting in him. Like at least. Like, at the least, they're getting a number two defenseman. At best, they're getting a number one. Like, I I think he's one of those guys that is... It's kind of like the Shea Theodore effect, where, like, I I don't know if Vegas needed to go out and get Petrangelo, because I think Shea Theodore was already... I'm not saying it's a bad deal for them to have done that. Um, obviously, when you get a chance to, to get a guy like that, you do. But I think Shea Theodore, like, in that previous playoff, proved that he was... He was good enough to be that, mm. you know, number one level. Um, so I kind of think of Brian Ellis in that same vein. Like, I think now that he's away from Yossi, um, 
you're going to see him kind of step into his own, especially at this point in his career. He's really entering what should be the prime of his career as a defenseman. So, you know, could could not be more excited for that and could not be more shocked how, not shocked, but surprised how quickly people forgot that Chuck Fletcher did that move uh, yeah. now, what, two weeks ago, I guess. Mac? Yeah, I, I think there's too much, and I get it, like being in, a space where you're looking at like risk management and kind mm-hmm. of what the negatives of the deal could potentially be right people point out these 30 six years left at 6.25 million which the number in and of itself is crazy like look at seth jones he just got nine, nine and a half million yeah. right so that was yeah. the guy that we potentially would have gotten you're just saving yourself 3.25 million dollars mm-hmm. which gets him pretty much i mean close to the same age at the end of the deal like that's a no-brainer who you're going to decide between and the other thing that he cleared up in his um, introductory meeting was that he didn't have a shoulder injury. Everyone yep. was saying, oh, he's a small player. Mm. He's, he's coming off shoulder surgery. And our, our boy Sam also didn't really understand what was going on because he had to ask him like seven times. That. Yeah, I know. I, I did listen he was to like, that He's like, hey, interview. so what was, the, what was the injury? And he's like, oh, I'd, you know. Just, knuckle. Yeah, just like crush my, crush my knuckle. It was so uh, funny because so, Charlie O'Connor asked first, like, yeah, how's the shoulder? And he was like, well, actually, it was my thumb. I don't know what shoulder you're talking about. Like, Ryan Ellis got kind of pissed, and Charlie was like, oh. And then Sam, like you said, asked 20 more times. But, <laughs> yeah, sorry, and man. he's like, no, you're good. And he was just like, yeah, no surgery. And he's like, yeah, so did you get surgery? He's like, no, <laughs> the broken bone no. in my hand. For the fifth time, this is yeah. no, so, a knuckle. I mean, that clears things up, right? Like, yeah. with, a, with a hand injury, unless it was a bad one, I mean, having having had boxer fractures in my hand, like, I mean, he should be fine unless there was like, unless it was bad enough, he needed it. Like reconstructive surgery on the knuckle in that mm-hmm. area, then maybe it's a different conversation. But he said he didn't need surgery. So that's out the window. Again, to Mike's point, we're talking about a guy who's been in the top five right-handed defensemen in terms of the league across the analytics community, across the yeah. eye test. So anyway, that, you, like that puts anyway him top ten, then, right? Like overall, <laughs> to, yeah. To, so, so. It, it's crazy to think that people can. I mean, I feel like that's always going to happen with a part of the fan base, unfortunately. But Provi finally has, and I imagine Provi like how well he played with Niskanen, yeah. but him with Ellis, like that should excite fans to the nth degree. Yep. Yeah, I mean, listen, we we asked for moves, right? We asked for. For changes, Chuck delivered. Um, I'm excited for Ryan Ellis. I think he's going to be a fantastic player. I love all the comps to Chemo. We talked about that already. But, I mean, if that's what we get, if we get a – I think he's probably better than Chemo Tiemann, by mm-hmm. the way. If we get a better Chemo Tiemann to help us through this cup cup run, holy shit, yeah, I'll take that. Um, and like you said, Matt, you compare it to what Seth Jones was going to get. Um, I, I take the gamble here all day, every day, because Seth Jones' numbers weren't fantastic either. So – um we'll see we'll see what happens any last thoughts on that deal before we kind of move it on down the uh, the line here new power play quarterback probably yeah yeah, yeah. He, he's got a hell of a shot right he's got a, he's got a cannon for a shot so um speaking of cannons for shots though <laughs> there was a little, <laughs> little the hype was short-lived the flyers turned around and they just went ahead and paid a king's <laughs> ransom for rasmus ristolainen uh mike i want to start with you because um, several times throughout this podcast history, you've mentioned a couple times that you're not his biggest fan. Um, do you, any, any opening words? Yeah. Uh, 
So I, I do think I'm on record multiple times, like you said, as saying that Rasmus Ristolainen is one of, if not the worst defenseman in the NHL, and has You've been for some times. time. I've said it many times. Um, but I'm going to say something right now. Oh. I don't care that the Flyers <laughs> traded for Rasmus Ristolainen. I actually kind of like that they traded for Rasmus Ristolainen. This last season of hockey... And this is where I become the ultimate sellout. This last season of hockey obliterated my brain. Just shredded my understanding of what the game of hockey is. For a long time now, I've been like a very analytically minded hockey fan. Like, you know, I've pretty much bought in and been like, yeah, this is the best way to, to measure the game. And I still think it is. But hockey is such a weird and dumb sport. It is the dumbest sport like around right now by far. For sure. So much, so much variation, so much weird narrative that plays into everything, and you even the best teams do dumb shit in order to win. Like sure. the Tampa Bay Lightning, incredibly constructed team, you know, talent up and down the roster. But then when you look at the roster, you're like, oh wait, Luke Shen played games for this team this year. Jan Ruda was playing in the top four, uh, you know. Pat Maroon is has now been on this team two years in a row, and the year before Coburn Bogosian, yeah, Coburn Bogosian, like the list goes on. Um, they won because they had the identities in the room, and they just made it work. Chemistry is, I think, one of the most important things in hockey, like more than any sport, because it's just so fast paced, and there's so much variable that there's so many variables that you need. Just that understanding with the guys around you. And I I don't like this move. They paid too much for him. He makes too much money and he's a free agent. So it could just be a rental because they didn't even commit to him like coming back. But I like this just feels like the perfect stupid move that a team would do. That like who Edmondson winding up in Montreal and playing, you know, top four minutes for them, like I mean, come on. He's a bear to play against too. Like he's deep. He's old school, kind of nasty. Yeah, so. exactly. As I think I said this to you guys, I either said it to you or my brother. As much as hockey is changing, and as like youth driven, it's becoming, and like speed and skill and finesse, it is weirdly embracing the like seventies, you know, bully mentality too. You have guys like Tom Wilson who like try to murder people on the ice and half the hockey world looks at it and goes like, Oh yeah, this is perfectly fine. Even like announcers and coaches and players. So I, we're in a weird space in hockey right now. And Rasmus Ristolainen might be one of the weirdest players. He's definitely one of the most polarizing. Matt, go ahead. Go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think Edmondson's a great parallel to draw, right? Like he was not good when it comes to looking at his analytics and yet he had, I, I shouldn't say he had a great a good season because I don't know what the analytics said, but he played in that top four, and that top four made it to the to the Stanley Cup Finals. So I mean, I I do believe, like Mike said, it, it's it's a tough price to pay to hope that the context around his analytics are due to the fact that he was asked to play a bigger role than he should be playing for arguably one of the the worst franchises over the past ten plus years. Had this will be his AV will be a sixth coach. There's no continuity when it came came to coaching systems. 
D pairs. And when you're playing for a team and you know that games don't matter as much as people might not hear this and you're still a professional, like there comes a point, some games where he probably didn't give a shit. And that's kind of the hope, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. here's a guy who needed to change his scenery. He has some, he has the physical tools. He's a good skater. He has some pretty good hands. He's scored some like highlight real goals. Um, and he's going to be a number four with for us with Sandheim. He's not going to be asked to play 25 minutes a night. He's going to be on the penalty kill. Um, and we're just asking him to be, be physical, which is what Chuck brought up, is that we weren't at all last year. We were pushed around, and he's going to bring a dynamic that we've been sorely lacking since Simmons has left. And, again, it comes back to dynamic. And like Mike said with chemistry, like speaking from experience with hockey teams, even in years where you have, may have a better team on paper, if there's not that gelling of the group, more times than not, it's not going to lead to the same level of success. And that's yeah. hard to quantify outside of literally just people, relationships, the leadership group, the buy-in. Mm-hmm. And that's something you mentioned in the group, Mike, right? It's like we kind of got rid of some players who maybe weren't the most coachable or maybe kind of set in their ways a tad um so hey i i'm glad robert haig is gone thank god i, for, we'll I forgot that. to put bobby in the i know bobby bobby talk about uh, gone but forgotten as well according to mike <laughs> the, the ghost trade briefly but i mean like we said like we've had so many draft picks over the years mm-hmm that it is obvious it's an overpayment. Like, yeah. my dad was like, oh, like, they give him a first for that? Like, this was before he even came out. And I'm like, oh, there's no way we gave them a first for Rasmus or Stalinin. Mm-hmm. But apparently, six or seven other teams had offered at We're least a first. first. Yep. So, I mean, like Mike said, it's a stupid sport. General managers are dumb yep. across the league. And that's the price you had to pay for admission. And here's to hoping that he can resurrect his career with in Philadelphia with that brutal number 70. So Yeah, like it, it could all crash and burn, and he could be like the guy who's been bad for eight years. Maybe he's just bad. That could totally be the case. Um, but, yeah, I, I think a fresh start will be good for him. And I also do think one thing, Joe, and then I'll, I'll kick to you, but I've seen a lot of, like, pushback for the the idea of that if he gets less usage, his numbers will be better because in the past for this past year, they reduced his numbers, and he did not get any better. Like, he played, you know, less minutes. He was playing, I think, second pair. But playing second pair for Buffalo, who's your partner? Like, is it an McCabe, NHL? Is it was like, out the entire year. Too. Yeah, exactly. He, and he's the only good Buffalo defender on paper. Like, who is he playing with? Probably not an NHL player. So on tour, that's, maybe? Exactly. That's different than playing with Travis Sanheim, who despite not necessarily taking a step forward next or last year was still like just average at worst, you know? So. No, I agree with everything you guys said. Um, I don't care how the trade looks. I could give a shit, but if it's that important to you, if I told you to get Ryan Ellis, you'd have to trade Patrick Myers in a first. Would you still do it? Yeah, you would. So that's how I look at it. If yeah. if if I need to make sense, correlate my brain. Okay, we had to give up a first to get Ristolainen and Ellis. I would still do that deal nine times out of ten. 
I don't give a shit if it went to Buffalo. Guess what? Buffalo's going to draft a player, and it's going to be a, a, a dumpster fire anyway, whoever goes there. So <laughs> I'm not going to be worried about who Buffalo That's takes. That's a really good point. Pick. That's a really good um, point. Yeah, not, not worried about it. Two, we desperately needed someone who's going to make the other team skate with their goddamn heads up. We were way too easy to play against last year. Uh, you know how much I love Big Sam. And by the way, they just re-signed Sam for 750 mm-hmm. grand for, for a year. Good for him. I want him to be on the team. Yeah. But when he was out there, he wasn't even physical. Like, I don't understand. Maybe it's because they had him kind of like going between and like he wasn't sure what he was. Well, he kept but, taking like, penalties too. Like when he I know. He's ahead. taking, taking I think, dumb penalties. Go ahead. I think go for ahead. him really quick, I think it was like a long layoff and being in like the hockey shape and like the muscles you use to be like stabilize yourself, especially after like right. double ACL. I'm hoping to see a little more strength out of him, like you said, because yeah. – Anytime he got hit, he fell over. But, yeah, it was it was rough to see how weak he was. So um, I, I mean, it's the same thing with with the goalies. It's the same thing with the three C. Like last year, we bet on these guys, and we all bet wrong. We can't afford to do it again. So they go out, they get Ristolainen. He, he's gonna definitely be a presence out on the ice. He hammers guys. He absolutely rocks people. Um, we talked about, I don't think it was you, Matt, or Mike or Matt, I forget who it was, but just talked about the Tom Wilson thing. Well, hey, we now have a Tom Wilson deterrent because goddamn Ristolainen will blow him up if, if need be. Um, I don't really care if we overpaid, so be it. I'm excited to see what this team looks like with that top four of, of Provi, Ellis, Risto, and Sanheim. That's a pretty nasty you know, top four. We can throw Moran there and there's the 70 or 60, whatever. Um, but just look at the size we now have between Rissalina and Moran. Obviously, Sandheim's a bigger guy, but he's not He's not strong. He's just kind of long. Um, but we've got some serious size now. Um, I'm very excited to see what he brings. And like you guys said, hey, maybe he can't turn it around, right? It's possible. And he's not signed past this year. But, hey, that could be a good thing, right? If he if he's asked, we don't want to keep him. And guess what? We were probably going to trade, even if even if we pulled off Ellis and and Rissaline without giving up the first. The chances of us still trade. I mean, what, what would you get it for? I mean, we talked about Tarasenko maybe, but you'd have to move even more dollars for that to work. So I'm not upset about it. I'm really excited. Um, we'll see. You get a first round pick every year, so. Yeah, I was going to say, we could always trade next year's first. Yeah, you're going to trade next year's as well. So um, any last thoughts on Ristolainen before we kind of move along to, um, to to Jake? I love him uh, going with the uh, the number 70. Ugly. So ugly. I love it. Yeah, not a lot of defensemen that but maybe up that Maybe the number's biting the bullet on the ugliness. So instead of his play being ugly, his That's number will be ugly. Yeah, we'll see. I can't think of a defenseman that – I mean, Ellis is wearing, what, 94 or 95? 94. 94 is kind of cool. That's high, for, yeah. that's high for a defenseman too. So I don't know. Maybe they talked with one another. They're like, hey, we're going to go high numbers. I don't know. Um, let's let's kind of move on though to, to the big news. This one hurt a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I was upset to see. Well, do you want to – sorry, oh, Matt, you did bring it up. We should probably um, – yeah it goes real quick yeah i mean we all kind of knew this was coming Mm -hmm. we figured it charlie o'connor from the athletics been saying it for the last year that just he couldn't see you know ghost continuing to be on the flyers moving forward and yeah and we all agreed i mean listen i'd love to have ghost on the team um but he is 
pretty much at this point not the same player. He's a little overpaid. Um, I think he could probably be a great, you know, fifth option for a team and him. If you just play him as a five or a four and have him run the power play, you know, I still think he could be successful. Uh, but it was very clear that this team was not going to give him that opportunity. So I'm happy he got moved. He can have a fresh start in Arizona. Obviously, it was a little confusing at the beginning because it looked like we got a second and a seventh mm-hmm. back. But turns out we had to trade a second and a seventh to take on Ghost contract. Again, I'm not upset about that. It's the price of doing business. So be it. They needed that cap room. Um, you know, it's it's whatever. They're, they're Again, I just don't care. I do not care at this point. I'm glad they're making moves. It needed to be done. So be it. Um, but, yeah, going to miss Ghost for sure. His rookie year was unbelievable. Um, kind of just brought the life back into my Flyers, you know, kind of fandom a little bit to see how fantastic he was. And then his, his third year was really good too. Mm-hmm. Um, but ever since those injuries, man, it just – it has never been the same and he's never yeah. been given the chance again. So what do you guys think? I mean, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss Ghost. I used to – or that, that year that he – that Union went to the um, to the Frozen Four and won mm. – I watched the last like few of those games and I was like, holy shit, this kid, if he can do, if he can bring any amount of this to the team, you know, he'll be a pretty dynamic player. And then when he got here and actually was like, what, what record did he set? Like right off the bat, it was like the longest point streak by a Flyers rookie. It was something nuts. Something. Yeah. Yeah. And then he had all those overtime goals. Like the, it, the like Jets he, won, the yeah. Toronto one, yeah. a ghostly game winner. A ghostly game forget. winner. There's the one Great where call he, like, by JJ. Yeah, he dove against the Jets and got the puck yeah. to uh, G. Yeah, Drew like, for the winner. So many, so many great of... moments for him. <sighs> but unfortunately, like one, like you said, Joe, injuries just they just took their toll. And yeah. when Ghost, like the thing with for me with Ghost was like. Everyone would always say, well, he'd be effective as a third-paired shelter defenseman and on the power play. Well, he's making 4-5, so I don't really love that he's playing a third pair. And when he's, like, constantly at about, like, 80 to 85% effectiveness because of his health, his offensive game suffers. And he had a nice, you know, little stretch this season where it picked up a bit. But, like, what did that equate to? in the standings for the Flyers. Like, not a whole lot. And I know that's not him, but I'm just saying, like, it's not like he was an essential piece to the team anymore. Um, it was just yeah. time. Time to move on. And the other thing, too, like, it really does suck that we don't have any great, like, ghost playoff moments in mind. At least I don't, because... Yeah. Nothing comes to mind, now. Yeah. But... Yeah, that... Yeah. No, I agree. It's... He's one of my favorite defensemen to watch recently because mm-hmm. we've had such bad defensemen, right? So he's obviously the one that stands out. And I liked him. I think I think the, part of the issue for him, too, is you had coaches trying to change the way he played, right? Like, oh, he needs to be better defensively, right? Like the idea that he needs to sacrifice his strength in some capacity to play better defensively. Like, obviously, you want defensemen to play well. But when you look at a... Kale McCarr and these defensemen, the reason they're so good is because of the style they play. I think that was maybe towards the tail end of his time with Hack part of the issue, and then injuries took over. Um, but like you said, I mean, there's so many. That rookie season, putting up almost like, what do you like, 17 goals. The, this, the point. He should have won Calder that he year. He should have won. Calder. 
Yeah. Yeah. The point Greek was just unbelievable to watch. He was so electric and I, it's sad. Yeah. Like you said, it's, it's sad to see him go. Um, but again, different dynamic. We needed that $4.5 million to, to cover part of Risto's cap hip coming over. So, um, best of luck to ghost. Um, definitely going to miss him. And keeping it on kind of theme with, Hey, it, it was just kind of time. Let's get into the Jake deal. Um, this, I, like I said, this one really did hurt because I've loved Jake so much since he was since he's been a flyer. Since you know, we just talked about kind of ghost overtime moments or ghost playoff moments. I mean, I'll never forget his his goal in Game One to steal that game against the Penguins yeah. in 2012. I mean, backdoor is completely left alone. He scores a goal, and and after that, I mean, that was a crazy crazy season. That was a crazy playoff. I'm gonna have so many positive memories of Jake. Um, he was, you know. He was a big part of the team. He was here for a decade, but yeah. Chuck goes ahead. He trades him back to Columbus, which we joked about a few times, if you remember. I, I think I've joked about it like five or six times. I was yeah. like, yeah, send Jake back for line A. Well, they sent Jake back to Columbus, but we get Cam Atkinson. Um, we're, we're, we all, I think, like the deal for the most part. Um, but seriously, wanted to thank Jake so much for, for everything he's given to the team and the city. Um He's been a, a part of our lives for, for the better part of 10 years. And listen, man, I'm really going to miss his post-game interviews. He was hilarious. He was honest. He was truthful. Um, you know, even even this, this past season with the Mike Sielski thing, calling yeah. him a weasel. Like, no <laughs> other player is going to do that. Um, and apparently he was a really, really big fan of Bruce Springsteen, which who doesn't love the boss? So going to miss Jake. He was a big part of the leadership core here. Um, I, I hope he just – fucking throws as many apples to line a as possible just not against the flyers and um who knows man who knows what will happen maybe who's their captain now for columbus uh, depends on belino back yeah, belino is oh is he going back okay i don't know i mean if he um, doesn't go back maybe jake uh i don't know i don't know who else could be <laughs> captain there yeah that's slim pickens boone jenner maybe yeah, yeah he's been there a while yeah Almost Jake. Almost Jake a lot. That, I mean, that was that 2012 season. A big part of the excitement for it was getting him and Kajuria for Carter. I mean, I know it was the pick, but that got Kajuria. But still, yeah. um, and there, it, there, there was a point in like I want to say 2014, 2015, where it looked like he found his like scoring game too, or yeah. shooting game. And I thought that was going to be it for him. I thought he was going to take off and be, you know, eighty-five plus points every year. But didn't plan, didn't pan out that way. But he still had some outrageous years for the Flyers. Um, it really was his entire tenure was pretty much when the Flyers need goals, just put the puck on he and Drew's stick and let them go to work. And then when Couturier yeah. came along or you know grew into his own, it was the three of them. You know that was pretty much the Flyers' only bet ever to score, especially... Yeah, if that line didn't have it, we were losing that game. Exactly, yeah. Um, And I think that also drew a lot of unfair uh, expectations onto him as well. Um, But, uh, I mean, I don't really have any negatives to say about Jake. I think that maybe the thing that cost him his time here in Philly was that he just wasn't afraid to to say like it is. And maybe maybe they wanted more of a locker room that will turn inwards instead of turning outwards. I don't know. Um, that's obviously speculation, but 
I yeah, I'll miss him. But I think that they got a hell of a player in return. I mean, I I'm excited to talk about Cam Atkinson. I'm more excited to see him play in Flyers Orange too. Yeah. No, I think yeah. I mean, Columbus got their their playmaker for line edge. You know, mm-hmm. It was being reported. It's kind of the the rationale for that. And I wished him nothing but the best. Like you said, I mean, you took the words out of my mouth. He, I've seen people say like, oh, like, what's Jay going to be remembered for? Like, no playoff success. It's like, it's like, oh god. Like, How many times did he and G just drag this team? They just drag the team yeah. to the playoffs by themselves. Like that. That's what he'll be remembered for is he had over a point of game season. Like that's rare. Like I think yeah. people often forget, like you don't just get those players. And the fact that we just straight up trade it for one in mm-hmm. a trade and you get one like that kind of speaks to how good of those trade those trades were at that time. Um, now that we look back on it after eight to 10 years. So like you said, I'm going to miss him. He, he's obviously a funny dude, definitely old school. Um, but the dynamic, like we said, getting into Cam Atkinson, like it was a, it was a change that was needed. We needed a new face in that leadership group. And I think the return in Cam Atkinson will, will provide that. So wish him the best of luck though. You know what I think real quick before we dive in on Cam, the, I said my favorite Jake Voracek moment on Twitter was the, that goal, Joe, Joe, that you said the game one. The Pittsburgh one. Yeah. Yeah. But I think now that I think about it, like a little more. I think my favorite might be the game tying goal against Pittsburgh in the stadium series. Outdoor game, yeah. yeah. I mean, just because everything around that game, the fact that they pretty much all said going into it, like, we want to win this for Simmer, and, like, yeah. there was the, you know, the hug in the locker room and Jake giving the speech, like, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but, you know, yeah. we won this game. And then the excitement, too, on that goal, like, you know, in classic Jake fashion, not trying to score there at all, just trying to cause <laughs> something. All, most of Jake's career was... I'm going to take the puck and I'm going to try to cause something. And it's probably yeah. going to be good. Uh, Him just trying to pass it into it, the back Yeah, of the net. he just passed it straight to the back of the net and the team erupted. He was the first one to know it went in, too. I, I, I'll just, I'll miss that about Jake. He, he was just one of those, like, kind of chaotic, kind of unexpected players. He was unorthodox, I guess. The chaotic neutral? Was that what he was? <laughs> yeah. No, he was, he was, uh... Chaotic evil? Chaotic good? Chaotic good. Yeah. Uh. I'm going to miss him, man. I, I really loved um, – he reminded me so much of Yager and his time here, mm-hmm. just with his, his power, his passing ability along the wall. I, I'm really going to miss him. So all the success in the world, um, I'm sure he's going to have a lot of goddamn assists if he plays on Lion-A's line. I mean, he's a, he's one of the best passers in the NHL still for my money. So. That's going to be a polarizing line. Oh, my God, I know. Um, <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Um, let's get into Cam Atkinson. Uh, to be honest, I was the one that was a little like, uh, after this trade. But um, I, honestly, I mean, you guys talked him up in the chat a lot, which helped. But also, I mean, just hearing how enthusiastic and, and happy and excited he was to come here. I mean, I talk about, a, you know, just an insane breath of fresh air. Yep. He's clearly very dedicated to his craft. He's really excited to come here, bring a lot of energy, bring a lot of enthusiasm and excitement, which – I mean, after last year, this team desperately needs. Obviously, also has an intense motor. That guy just runs all day. He's five foot eight, so he has to be able to stick out uh, out of a crowd somehow. Um, and apparently, he can score quite a bit. I had no idea. He had forty goals a couple of years ago. Yeah, he had I mean, 40 like that flew. 
that flew yeah. so under the radar. Like, Oregon. I never remember hearing that. And it's probably because he played in Columbus. Yep. If you get 40 or 35 anywhere else, pretty much, they're going to talk about you. Mm-hmm. So, um, excited to bring him here. Obviously, he's going to help out on the penalty kill a ton. Somehow already had a gritty shirt. I don't even know how that happens, but had a gritty shirt ready to go. He's rocking it during the interview. Did you hear the um, story about it, Joe? Why he had it? They, no. they asked him. Someone asked him in the, the presser. They were like, kind of a weird question here, but... It's a quick turnaround to have a gritty shirt, how that happened. And he's like, oh, it's actually my wife's. Uh, He was like, this past summer, uh, the two of us stayed a few weeks at uh, the Scotty Hartnell residence. And we, we because Scotty's his best friend, apparently. So I did not know that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, hey, uh, to stay with with Hartsey for a couple of weeks, that's got to be interesting and good for him, man. I'm excited to have him here. He's clearly excited to be here. That means they just got to lock up Hartnell for the next next couple of years too while he's here. Uh, make sure he doesn't lose his best friend. But uh, what do you guys think on Atkinson? Any thoughts? You want to go back? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I love Cam Atkinson. I he's one of those guys that you're like getting you know getting ready to watch a game for the night, and you're like you look at a team's roster, you're like Cam Atkinson, first line wing, like okay, whatever. You know, that was always Columbus. And then you're, you, you know, you're watching the game and then all of a sudden you're in the third period or second period. And you're like, why does Cam Atkinson have two goals and an assist on, against my team right now? Like, why, why is he filling the back of the net like this random 5'8 winger? And then you look at his career numbers and he's like always over 25 goals. He like flirts with 40 and 35 a lot. Like he's actually hit those markers, like we said. Yeah. Um, and then he's just quietly very good. Exactly, yeah. Quietly very good because he does so many other phases of the game so well. He's one of the best penalty killers in the league. He's got, I think, the most shorthanded goals along with Hazy since 2018, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, um, Fletcher said something about like he's behind, right behind Marshawn over a certain time, yeah, yeah. time frame in terms of shorthanded yep. goals. He has, I think, like four or five career hat tricks. Like he, he just does so many different things. Well, he's, he hits hard. He's gritty. He's good along the wall. He's very fast. So you kind of forget about that scoring touch. Um, and like you said, Joe, playing Columbus too, I'm sure that doesn't help. Uh, but yeah, I mean, talk about like a coachable player coming from a torts system for years. Yeah. Um, you know, being a good force in the locker room, trying to convince people to stay in Columbus all those years. He made it a point to be. That's why Columbus fans were gutted by this trade, by the way. If, I'm like, sure he's a heart and soul yeah, guy. Yeah, heart really. and soul of the team. Um, and a lot of people were saying, like, you know what? He was not even close. He was not even, like, one of my top five f- favorite players on this team. But this hurts way more than I w- would have expected. And it was because mm-hmm. of that. He is, like, you know, the heart. He's kind of like the Simmons, I guess. Of, of that Jackets team in a way. So I think it's just a huge, huge addition. He's judging by his press conference. He's, you know, best friend, Scott Hartnell, good friends with JVR. He went to college with Hazy and he's good friends with G too. So he's already going to fit in. And I yeah, love the number like 89 the form too. Nice pick. Yeah. They, uh, <clears throat> must have saw on Twitter that San Gandhi was surprised that <laughs> that's not hanging in the rafters. So, <laughs> They're joking about that because they had they had played together in Columbus for a little bit, but yeah, I'm not going to go too much more into that. Mike covered pretty much everything I was going to say. I think again, just to shoot first, the idea of having him on a line with Jeek Coots 
right on that top line you have that like bona fide shoot first 35 40 goal score that we always talk about at 5.875 million dollars i mean even though you have the extra year in the deal we talked about this in the group chat worst case scenario absolute worst case scenario the last year or so he's not the same speed or whatever you may have whatever it may be he can still probably provide you great bottom six minutes right be good on the penalty kill great in the locker room um kind of a salesman to get people over here in free agency whatever it may be Did somebody say sales sales he'll join joe's sales team um <laughs> in a pinch so yeah i mean i i can't wait to watch him play again i feel like we're beating a dead horse again here with just talking about the different dynamic but that's what he brings like we, we wanted a first shoe first player not many people probably thought of Cam Atkinson. Yeah. We didn't. My first. No, if you if you told me we're getting a shoe first player from Columbus, you know where I'm going immediately. So <laughs> exactly. So it's a little different because I think uh, what is Line A's qualifying offer seven point five million dollars, which is apparently he's supposed to get for for one year, which Good means Lord. that raise above that oh would be God. way more than Jake Warcheck. So I, yeah. I'm happy with that cost control that we get there and him. Hazy and JVR are apparently good friends. So, yeah, pretty pretty seamless fit. Um, excited to see what what Cam could bring to this team. And like I said, the biggest takeaway for me, honestly, was just how excited he was to just come here. So mm-hmm. that's not a feeling that I've had in a long time. Um, anything else on Cam before we kind of touch real quick on expansion draft and the actual draft? Just one thing. Uh, well, two small things. So seriously, if anybody is questioning him as a shoot first player, there's a good thread on Twitter. I saw it. Yeah, all his goals. Uh, yep, all of his goals from the past. He's not season. even looking to pass. He is oh just wiring it. Dude, he's, I, he's I watched... shooting from like the top of the circle. Sometimes he's not even looking at the at his partner. He <laughs> yeah. is just going straight to the net, which I love. I can't just... wait to watch a two on one, and he just shoots every just time. That's all I want. I would, for... I would be I would be disappointed if he didn't do that after what we've watched for the mm-hmm. past. No more extra passes. Um, And then just to kind of wrap up these moves, Joe, you mentioned earlier, like we have some new faces to watch, not many, but it just, just feels new. And I think that's a good point. It feels like we're, we're finally out of the Hextall era, like Hextall fog. Um, Chuck put the stamp on his team. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for what Ron Hextall did for the team. I have a lot of respect for him as a player and a flyer, uh, you know, flyer's history. Um, Definitely drafted some great players, but as much as I hate to say it, he took a little something away from the identity of this team. Um, Which is ironic, too. Thinking Hextall is the one who kind of robbed this team a little bit of their soul? Like, what? And... it, I don't know. He he robbed them of of the of being the flyer. Too much of that LA Sun. It got to him. Yeah, and it feels like Chuck has kind of you know split the best of both worlds here, and he seems like he, he's a shrewd drafter and you know at trades, and he's also not afraid to just go out and make the big move like like Homer was. So uh-huh. I, I don't know. It it does feel like we're in like a new I don't want to say new era because like the core of this team is still very old, but. Or not very old, but you know what I mean. Well, well balanced as all things should be. Right? Yeah. Little Thanos there. Um, <laughs> let's let's kind of we'll start wrapping up here. This is running a little bit long. Um, we've got 
I was the expansion draft. It looked like the Flyers were primed to have Seattle take one of these big tickets, and they didn't do it. They didn't bite. Um, apparently, the ask for them to take a huge ticket this year didn't matter who you were. It was insane, according to mm-hmm. to everybody. All GMs who were going up against Ron Francis were like, I mean, just for, for instance, like for them not to take Mark Giordano, who they ended up selecting, was like a first and a third. And they're like, no, we're not doing that. That's ridiculous. So, um, they didn't lose JVR, Jake, or, or Ghost or any other big ticket. They lost Carson Twensky. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, he's a bottom six forward. You're that's if, yeah. if that. Um, I mean, he's, he's a tweener, right? He's a tweener. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, we all wish him, wish him success, but hundred percent. Your your the Flyers should be able to pump out you know a dozen Carson Twenskis in the next five years. Like that's yeah. that's not really an issue to try to replace him. Um, but Ron Francis didn't take the bait on any of the big guys. Um, he kind of screwed he, himself. A he, bit, he, so. he, I was a little surprised. His, his, his team's looking kind of stinky. I'm not gonna. Not gonna well, they gonna have, they're gonna have to flip a lot of these guys, right? I mean, you can't have. Well, they're gonna have to make a lot of free agent signings or something. Well, that's what made uh, no sense. Yeah. Like, again, it comes back to general managers doing stupid things. It's he he could have very easily taken a number of those players, and yep. even if he had no intentions of keeping them. Retaining fifty percent of their salary if he plans on being a bad team yep. to get these like apparently next year's draft's gonna be great. So maybe they wanna be bad to get that like franchise first line center. Okay, if that's the idea. You take at least one, yeah. if not two of those players, <laughs> you turn around, maybe let them play for half the season, flip them at the deadline at fifty percent retained, or flip them this summer at fifty percent retained or some retention, right? Like you're gonna get yeah. people biting on Vladimir Tarasenko at six million or five million you can get a first round pick same with jake imagine if they retain half of jake at four point like six for three more years are you kidding me like it and he said it he's like people didn't make weren't willing to make the same mistakes they they made last year it's like did you go in and your plan was to try to make them (laughs) make that like dude like there's there's game film on it but i mean the funniest thing i think from the entire draft i saw some some penguins fans were like so butthurt because they lost Brandon Tanev and yep. Jared McCann essentially, and both of them like, played really well for them. Yeah, last you year, can't. By the way. We, you can. We can't underrate that for them. That's huge. No, that's, we we laughed about those, and they killed us last year. And they were they no Jared McCann's a very good and yeah, yeah. The, the Tanev kind of to our point about bringing that physical energy every night. Right, it kind of spread itself across that entire team, and they mm-hmm. brought it. Um, but it was funny because they're like. <laughs> that the Penguins get screwed, but the Flyers didn't because we lost Carson Terensky and Pierre Edward Belmar in both our expansion drafts. Like, that's ideal, and they've lost Surge. McCann, Tanev, and Fleury. Yeah, across there, so that's that is tough. Yeah, this Seattle team. I mean, the defense core looks pretty good, but the rest of it, I don't know where they're going to score their goals. So we'll see. Ron Francis clearly has some more work to do. Um, it, on to the actual draft. I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch it one bit. I was on vacation. I didn't turn it on. Once we traded the pick, I definitely wasn't going to watch. Um, but nothing nothing too crazy stood out. I know the guy they did take, um, trying to think, uh, the the Finnish yeah. prospect. I forget his he, name. He could be good. Tumola yeah. Or whatever. Tumola. Where, I, don't, yeah. I don't speak Finnish. It's tough. It's Tumo Sumula or something like that. Something like something that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But they, um, from everything I read, like he's got like high energy. Um, I think Charlie was saying that like the one gripe against him was like 
I don't know if it was Charlie, if it was one of the other beats, but they're like, hey, like he doesn't like concentrate his energy in the right ways. Like he needs to be better. But that's like all young players. I think I mean, he did. Yeah, I think he said he was like an emotional player. It might have been right. Bill. I don't know if it was maybe Bill it was Meltzer, Bill Meltzer, but I think it was something along the lines of yeah, like he's he can become an emotional player, which means it usually means to like bad penalties or things like yeah. that. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's a maturity. Yeah, you can that's coach a, that out of a player easily. Yeah, that's a result of being the best player on your team at probably every level and not really yeah. feeling like you're accountable to anyone except for yourself. Right. So yeah. that that typically, if you want to make it to the NHL, that'll change. But I, I've heard he's just a he's a burner shoot first mentality and what is like that the first fin we've taken in how many years a long time a bit quite a bit so and you guys know me i'm always i'm always hammering for more european prospects i'm always about russians and Finns and swedes i think we have too many canadians i I, i'm not trying to be xenophobic but i just cam's american right and jvr is american too or is he I don't know. JVR's American. Canadian. Couturier was born in Arizona. What's Atkinson? That's what I thought. I thought Atkinson was from, because he went to BC. Maybe he's, yeah. But Um, we've got to diversify our portfolio. Our portfolio here, exactly. As Snoop Dogg says in NHL 21. Um, (laughs) He does actually say that. I did not even know he was in NHL 21. He was, yeah. I need to go buy this game. Excuse me, I'll be right back. (laughs) Uh, the one guy I liked from the draft was the the goalie they took, the Russian or the Belarusian, Belarusian ah. kid. He, uh, they say that his floor is really high, and he's probably since he's an overager, he's probably ready within the next like three years maybe. And they okay. say that like he's he probably is like a backup, future backup or something like that. But I mean. A high floor goalie is not a bad one to take because oh. I mean, like, you like can use him as a trade song. chip. Exactly. No. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do like that pick. Never bad. Uh, never bad thing to have goalies. And he was like the number two ranked European goalie actually this year. So obviously a huge gap between he and Wallstedt. But uh, yeah, not not many. They definitely played it. I think pretty safe this year, outside of maybe the the Finn. But I agree with you, Joe. Like I. Once they traded the pick, I was obviously I was obviously keeping up with the the picks on Twitter, but I I watched the second day kind of like in and out. Um, but yeah, not a not a whole lot of excitement there for this draft, especially once they traded the first, which I'm fine with. I'd I'd rather be excited about these moves and watching the, the actual team next year than yeah. thinking about seeing you know this fan in skate four in to seven six years. years. Yeah, exactly. Hundred yeah. percent. Brent Flair did mention, I think they kind of asked him what was like the general theme. I think it was a Charlie question. And his, his point was that at least on defense, they were kind of steering away from potentially if there's someone of equal value, mm-hmm. who might've been an undersized defenseman. They were kind of looking to bolster the size within the system mm-hmm. um, and kind of replenish the defenseman as obviously Myers leaves the system. Hague's been gone, but just kind of replenishing that, um, that style of play within the system after taking Emil Andre last year, um, and then obviously adding like a something that the system lacks and that speed and shoot first mentality. So, um, yeah, general yeah. theme. I like I like it. I like that that direction. I'm a fan of that. I think we need more size. We need more aggressiveness. We need burners, and we need people who shoot because we've got a lot of the other stuff. So, just about filling in the gaps now. Um, 
just to kind of end, um, you want to talk about free agent targets real quick. Obviously, the Flyers have what a little over like ten and a half million left now to sign. Ten point eight, yeah. Ten point eight to sign Carter Hart to an extension, Travis Sanheim to an extension, um, find a backup goalie, which I I I, I guess they're not going to resign Elliott. I, I, at mm-hmm. all costs, they want to avoid it. Uh, which stinks because Moose was great, but listen, uh, we saw it. If you ask him to play more than four games, he's going to start to deteriorate. You know, in quick succession, I should say. Um, so they need to sign a backup goalie. They need to re-sign Hart. Need to re-sign Sanheim. Fletcher mentioned he's flirted with the idea of maybe going after a depth center or maybe another depth defenseman. I think you can also the defenseman thing. I think you can you might be able to wait um, and maybe get one at the deadline if need be. You could probably flip a pick or, or something or a prospect for, you know, a cheap rental on D. Same could be said for center, though. But what do you guys think? And any names that jump out to you? I know real quick we'll just get started with center. Nick Benino has been out there. Mm-hmm. Derek Stepan. Stepan obviously knowing AV pretty well from their use together in New York. Um, any names that you guys are kind of excited of or, or think the Flyers might or should target, I should say? I mean, I would see the, the rational fan of me. The analytically minded fan says go after Pius Suter or Dominic Cahoon, who mm. are apparently not going to be uh, qualified by the Oilers or Blackhawks. So I would go after either of those guys. They have good speed, good uh, offensive ability, good defensive ability too, I'm pretty sure. Pius Suter is young. Cahoon's not that old. Um, I like those guys a lot. I would be pretty happy if they signed them. But the, the mind-blown hockey fan my my existent or my my understanding of hockey shattered fan is saying that they should sign nick benino because he won mm-hmm. a stanley cup and we don't have a player on our team that's won a cup so that's that's crazy that's insane we yeah don't have that. i throw him at 4c and tell me that you wouldn't be okay with nick benino like little penguins revenge Coots, too yeah coots hayes lawton benino down the middle i'm fine with that like yeah, and didn't he? Didn't he? Did he just finish his contract out with Minnesota? Like, I, I'm pretty sure he's probably made all the money he knows he's going to make. So I yeah, definitely yeah. feel as though, I definitely feel as though if either him or Stepan or the players you just met, mentioned, Suter um, or Cahoon, are willing to take like a million dollar deal, if that, to be our fourth line center. That's probably the extent of what I'm comfortable with. Chuck mm-hmm. even said it himself. They're not really in the market because of the cap constraints for a three C. I think that's going to be up to frost and Lawton to kind of share that duty or best case scenario. Let's say we sign like Stepan or Suter and somehow one of them have a fantastic season and they slate in better at that spot than, and so be it. I mean, otherwise Broussard almost for, yeah, yeah other, otherwise yeah. maybe we look again at deadline deadline so we'll see chuck's not done he's uh, like i said besides those free agent moves i mean he's still got to extend Hart. he's still got to extend sandheim and honestly both of those contracts they, they're not layups or anything i mean hearts is as close to a layup as you're probably going to get just because of the year he had but um you know just want to get those done and then and see what money you're left playing with after um we'll be back next week Hopefully by then, you know, free agency starts Wednesday, doesn't it? Yep. So it starts on the – what's today? Today's the 26th. Yep. So it starts the 28th. Um, who knows what the Flyers will do? It, I mean, Chuck's showing that he's not gun-shy now. Um, he may have been in before. Maybe the deal just wasn't right, and finally it has been for these last couple of deals. But 
we'll be back next week. We'll see if the Flyers have some more signings. Um, and we'll we'll start to really get ready to gear up for the season. I mean, we're not super far off now. So for Matt, for Mike, for myself, have a great day, Philadelphia. <laughs>